Oh, listen, dear one, I am thrilled to announce I have a brand new private coaching container opening up called Full Immersion Coaching. This is you and me working together privately as I become your mentor and soul guide for an entire year, providing you with the full support you need to grow a massively successful and prosperous heart-led business. To get all the details, DM me on Facebook or Instagram or send an email to allison at allisonscammell.com and say, tell me more about Full Immersion Coaching. I look forward to hearing from you. Hey there, this is Allison Scammell and I am so excited to be exploring this amazing topic, the sacred art of receiving from an amazing guest who has been a teacher and mentor to me. And I have really felt like I have explored this topic on a personal level in recent months. And I'm really so excited to share with you everything that I have received from Patty and how it can be a game changer, and I don't use those words lightly, in your life as well. So sit back, grab a hot drink, cozy in, and get ready for this amazing journey and conversation as Patty and I talk about the sacred art of receiving. Welcome to She Grows, a podcast for soul-guided women entrepreneurs ready to grow their income, impact, and inspiration. Each week, we're going to explore how to align to the soul of your business and grow it from there. I'm your host, Allison Scammell. Let's get growing. Hey, She Grows Nation. Welcome to this amazing episode. We are talking about the sacred art of receiving with the amazing Patty Lennon. Patty is a keynote speaker and best-selling author that believes our businesses are not only a way to make money and contribute to our fellow humans, but also a conduit for our soul's evolution. Hala, I think the same thing. She founded the Receiving School to help light workers open up to the love, money, and support the universe is regularly sending us. You can hear Patty on her weekly podcast, Wealth and Purpose. And I am really just proud to report that I took the Receiving School, the course, uh, the class last uh, year, and I just can't tell you how shifting and transformative it, it was. So I really do hope that you receive as much from this conversation as I did enjoy. Hey, Patty Lennon, thank you so much for coming and taking the time to chat with us today on this incredible topic. I am so excited to be here and be in conversation with you. Yay. You, um, I have rebooted the podcast since you were on last time, and it was called The Uncorked Conversation, and now it's called She Grows, and we're really talking to soul-guided women entrepreneurs, and you know a thing or two about this group of people. I do, and I'm one of them. <laughs> yes, you are indeed, and you've been my teacher and my mentor, and I've learned so much from you, and I'm just super thrilled to unpack this topic of receiving. So last year, you launched this amazing course, and I can say that from experience because I took it, called The Receiving School. I'd love to know your journey to creating this course. Oh, I am so happy to tell this story um, for two reasons. One... The Receiving School is um, really the first thing I've put out into the world that I feel like I got my ego completely out of the way in its creation. And that, like, I don't, I don't say that um, egoically. I really say that humbly. Like, I, I worked really hard to make sure I didn't put my own stuff in it and just let it flow through what was coming through. So, um, but how I got there was um, through the death of my father. So um, earlier last year, I had, first of all, I had no vision to launch the receiving school. My guides told me to do this about four days before I announced it. And it was quite startling for me as well. Um, so last year, 
I, um, my father passed away in March suddenly. Now he was older, he's 89. So it wasn't that he hadn't lived a full life, but he died in his sleep. He would, he didn't have any health issues and he died, um, the day before I was set to open my cart. And so if you're not familiar with launch strategy, typically you do about three weeks of targeted marketing where you're teaching on a topic that's related to what you're selling. And then you open the cart. That means whatever you're selling goes on sale. And it typically has like a limited window, maybe a week where you're selling it and then you're starting. It was the first time I had ever did, done a really orchestrated launch with that, with this, with my business, with the intention of doing a six-figure launch. So there's, you know, a lot of bells and whistles that kind of get rung and lit and <laughs> whatever. And so I was leading up to that day and it was all going amazingly well. My coach was telling me, you know, all this, all the metrics were showing that it was going to be exactly what we had expected it to be. And then the police came to the door and told me that my father had died. And in that moment, it, not that moment, that moment I was focused on the shock, but in the next you know, 12 hours, I had to make the decision not to open my cart because what I was launching was a mastermind. And I, you know, even though I was still in shock, I knew enough to know I didn't have the space during immediate grief to support a mastermind. And I made the decision. And Honestly, it wasn't a hard decision for me. I think it might have been for other people, but I've been doing this for 10 years at that, but 11 years. And I knew, had gone through the death of my mom, I knew this is what I needed to do for myself and my clients. So I did cancel the launch. And then because the marketing was set up to deliver a final piece of teaching on the day that the cart opened, I still felt compelled to give that to all the people who had been watching. But it took me a while. It took me like two and a half months before I felt like I was ready to do that. And so I technically opened the cart, but I did it from the place of, I owe this to, at least to the people who've been on this learning journey with me to at least give them that final piece. But I had no aspirations of it being a six-figure launch. But I had Honestly, in in the way this works, typically you build up the interest and the excitement. That had all died out. Um, I, I honestly didn't know that we were going to sell anything. And and if we didn't, I would have been at peace with that too. And um, what was amazing was we sold $82,000 in the course of like five days. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. And, and the number I know... If, May, depending on where, where you are in your business, if you're listening, like may sound super high. It may be like, oh, that's too bad. You know, you could have had a six figure launch. But what it did for me was it made me understand that this, this idea that this driven energy that we've been hypnotized with out in the world that you've got to go and go and go and hustle as much as I had done all my thought work and I have all my spiritual practices, I saw how deeply I was still hypnotized around that belief. And what had happened in those two and a half months is I had gone into a deep receiving state, but not with the intention of receiving money, with the intention of opening up wide so I could stay in communication with my father on the other side of the veil. And what I saw was that in that, in with that whole situation was that, oh my God, this is not about this has nothing to do with how much you do in your marketing. This has nothing to do with your launch. It has to do with showing up and being of service and then opening wide to receiving. And I had been teaching that as a through line in a lot of the work I put out in the world, but it suddenly became like in my face, what was, what mattered. And for the rest of the year, I just continued to share that message. I didn't actively sell anything else um, because I really wanted to be present for the mastermind. I mean, I sold a few passive income things, but nothing major. So when it got to the end of the, the towards the end of the year where I was going to relaunch the mastermind, I was getting ready. The webinar was set. It was ready to go. It was going to go on a Tuesday and on Friday. My guides in a meditation told me, you're not selling the mastermind. You're not letting anyone else in. You need to create the receiving school and you're going to sell it on Tuesday. And I was like, um, what is the receiving school? <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow, that is incredible. And how much trust that took in you in these guides. That was a lot of trust, I imagine. It, it was it was an insane amount of trust. Yes, 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 yes. It's incredible. Yeah. So your guides told you on a Friday. Yeah. What happened? So, Tuesday you're launching, but not the mastermind, something completely different. Yeah. And in this case, I wasn't doing a big lead up launch because I was really just selling. I think I had three openings in the mastermind. So it was a fairly like light, you know, experience. But I always, I always treat my webinars like true masterclasses. And I always make build them so that if someone, all they can do is put that time aside to show up for the masterclass, they can shift something, you know, whatever it is I'm teaching on with what they learn there. It's it's always been a strong commitment in my business to be that way. And so the the class was well designed and I was proud of it. Um, but it was teaching selling. But the concept was you don't have a selling problem, you have a receiving problem and how to balance that. So there was a through line of receiving, but it was basically designed to say, okay, at the end, here's what you need to do. And hey, if you want support and you want to be part of Mastermind to do it, get on the phone with me and we'll talk about you joining my Mastermind. So the teaching was fine, but at the end, I had to in like, you know, over the weekend, I had to change those slides and make them be about receiving school at the end that talk about, you know, like what I'm selling. But I, I was honest and I just said, Hey, um, this is what's happened. I had planned to offer you strategy sessions. If you were interested in joining me in the mastermind, uh, my guides have told me, apparently I am starting a new program. It's called the receiving school. <laughs> um, it will be a fully channeled program. Um, so here's what I know about it so far. And if you're interested in joining, here's how you can join. And I gave a deep discount on the program. I think at the time the program was a thousand. If you bought it during this weird pre-launch period where there wasn't even a sales page, you could get it five for 500. So, you know, I, I rewarded people who were putting their trust in me with it a deep discount. So, and I say that only because I know it's entrepreneurs that are listening and I want you to, I think it's really helpful to see how someone who maybe you're looking at and looks like they have it all together, how they kind of do the spiritual mental work to make their choices align with what they believe is right and in integrity. So I, in my head, I thought, all right, spirit guides, fine, I'm going to do this. And I thought, okay, as long as 10 people sign up, um, I'll run it because I was planned to give all my private clients and my mastermind clients access to it for free. And there were 20 of them. So I thought 30 is a good solid number to run a program on. And um, so I said, if 10 people sign up, fine. So with that webinar, six people signed up. And I'm like, all right, well, we still have three more weeks. I, I can get another four people in this program. That's not a problem. So, okay, I guess we're doing this. And over the course of the next three weeks, I ended up doing one channeled training, meaning I didn't prepare it. I just wrote a full few bullet points down and let kind of my guides work through me. And I did that live on Facebook. And mm. then I sent two emails. One was to promote that live. And one was just to say, if you want to join, you can join. And I ended up with 60 people in the program. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. No one was more shocked than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I may share, and you know um, most of this, but it was, I read very, very little about the receiving school before I decided to sign up. <laughs> and it was really, I had read a few stories about your the passing of your dad. Oh, gosh, I'm trying really not hard not. I don't know why it makes me so emotional, like being emotional. And it just touched me the way you wrote about it. It was so special, Patty. Like, and it really got me in touch with my relationship with my own dad. And I, when, and I, then as you were kind of like, I was like the receiving school. And then I kind, kind of dawned on me, it just, as you were saying, I don't have a problem in my business with selling. <laughs> I have a problem, like an inner problem with receiving. And it was like, it was, I was like, oh my gosh, I need this. So just so you know, I read very little sales materials. I didn't attend any of your webinars. I just, I read an email you sent about your dad and it was just like, sign up here. And I was like, yes, no hesitation. Absolutely. Just uh, It just called me in. And I'd say that's like a testament 
to your trust. And I thank you for that. Oh, well, thank you. So yeah, it was just, it would, and, and taking the class was so incredible. And I'm really excited. You're going to run it again and we're going to talk more about this, but I'm really excited to take it again, actually. <laughs> so I, tell us, tell us what the sacred art of receiving is. People are like, I don't understand what she's getting at here. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's, I mean, essentially receiving is to me the, the work of manifestation. It, it, and, um, you know, we hear, I think you and I hear it, and I, I would guess everyone, those of you who are listening, you're of the same ilk of me and Allison, where you're very into develop personal development and spiritual development. And you're, you know, we've taught, we've learned law of attraction and we know the whole visioning game and vision boarding. But the reality is, it doesn't work for a lot of people. And it's a very frustrating process for a lot of people. And to me, the receiving is the energy that either allows manifestation work to work or not work. It's really the key. And essentially, it's just the the energetic relationship to balancing all the doing you do. Um, so the sacred art of receiving is essentially a wordplay, really, because giving and receiving are both sacred. But the way we've mo most of us have been raised is that giving is the good thing and receiving is the selfish thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you don't maybe you're not as conscious of it. But if you think about a child holding out their hand and saying, can I have versus a child going over to another child and handing them their toy, you have an emotional reaction to each of those things. Mm -hmm. And depending on the healing work you do and, and you know how evolved you are, and by the way, if you have a positive relationship to me saying, kids holding out their hand and saying, give me this or give it to me or can I have it, good for you because you're way more evolved than I am. <laughs> right, right. But, Having raised children myself, I can tell you when I watch my kids go over and hand a toy to someone, I mean, they're older now, versus hand you know, their hand out and saying, give it to me. Um, I have two very different emotional re relationships, and that's because that's how I was raised. And that's what we were taught. It's not because it's authentic. It's not because it's right. And to get into a sacred relationship with our souls and with the universe and to truly understand and honor our beingness, we must cultivate this art of receiving. And, that, and that's why it's sacred, is because it is at its nature, the balancing of your soul. Wow. That's amazing. So I love that. I had a pretty wild breakthrough in your class in a module you called me, not me, <laughs> in the receiving school. So can you tell us what this is, this me, not me concept? Yes, because this to me is the crux of all of it. I love that that was where you had your breakthrough. Um, so what I found in myself, and then I think this goes out to everyone, is that we have parts of ourselves that we receive, that we accept. And then we have parts of ourselves that we deny, we resist, we reject. And that essentially makes up the me, the not me. So for instance, when you think about yourself, let's say you're, I'm going to use my own kind of life demographic where I'm a mom, I'm an entrepreneur, and I'm a community you know, contributor. When I'm volunteering, when I'm, you know, got all the schedule organized and my kids get to every place on time and I feel like super mom, when my business is running and it's running well and, and and testimonials are flowing in. That's me. Like, that's who I want to be. But when um, I miss picking up my kid or I tell them at school that, you know, I, I'm not going to show up for something, you know, et cetera, et cetera, the old me would have just said, like, like I would like look away from that part of me, the part that would not give my time freely or would let my kid down. That's not me. And so mm -hmm. what happens when we see that is not me is we, we almost energetically push energy away from the version of ourselves that created that dynamic rather than inviting that part in and letting it have some space. And 
to a more extreme extent, you know, the part of you that wants to sit on the couch this is kind of the go-to example I give because I think we're all there. Just wants to sit on the couch and watch Netflix all day. We see that as lazy. And so that's not us. We're, we're productive. But the reality is there is a part of us that understands that it's necessary to sit on the couch and watch Netflix sometimes. And if we invite that part of us in, if we receive that part of us, what starts to happen is we start to fully integrate all the parts of ourselves. And when all the parts of ourselves have their seat at the table, we make much better decisions for ourselves that start to create these ripple miracles in our lives. Mm. Does that make sense? Or am I sort of like... It makes... Yeah. Well, I had the benefit of taking the class, but it makes perfect sense to me. And I think it will make sense to the listeners. And how I understood it in the class, and tell me if this is correct, that also that part of you, because the example you gave was very good, because that's exactly the part of myself I was rejecting from when I was a kid. And my dad was a workaholic. And if he came in, he was a farmer and he would literally work. I mean, when I was little, he would work like 20 hours a day. And when he would come in from the fields for to fill up his water jug and would find us sitting on the couch watching TV, it would be this look of disgust. No, oh, by the way, my dad is awesome and I love him. And he did this when I was a kid and it affected me. Um, he had this look of just utter disgust and he would call me lazy. And I just labeled that activity of laying on the couch and watching Netflix or I was a kid, I would play Atari or Nintendo as lazy and disgusting. And I just really started rejecting that part of me. And then I think the the result of that was I would tend to overwork, right? Modeling my parents' behavior and a lot of other things. But that was like for me to be a good person and to be valuable, it was that overworking. And what you said, which really sort of like, kind of like, whoa, you said that not only do you want to integrate that that person, that little girl sitting on the couch playing Nintendo, you want to ask her for help and how you can learn how to rest <laughs> and how you can learn to have a balanced life and, and have work, you know, have that work, but also that play. Did I understand that correctly? Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. And then the piece that I think if you haven't taken the course that might make it feel why so many people had, because Allison, you did, but I know a lot of people had a lot of breakthroughs during that, that module is that even if you're like, this is not important or I'm not, this is like my least important problem right now because I need to make money or I don't have a good romantic relationship and I want one. Like these are my high priorities. What you need to understand, and this is where law of attraction gets kind of screwy and why it doesn't work for a lot of people who are quote unquote trying is that you're using the energy of resistance to hold that part of you away from yourself. And so it's like you're, you have two hands out in front of you to keep that part of you away. That energetic relationship with resistance resists all. So that pushing your, a piece of yourself away also pushes money away. It pushes love away and it pushes support away. And that was the big breakthrough I had with my father's death was that, oh, resistance is resistance and receiving is receiving. And you don't have you don't have to do it in one area. When you release resistances, they start to create a ripple effect in all areas. Mm. That's so cool. And it's so I think it is so relevant for that entrepreneur who just wants to grow their business and they're not growing and they're yeah. not sure why. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You know, at the time that we're recording this, um, so just if you're listening and this doesn't resonate, it's just maybe a timing issue. But for the last five to seven days, um, I have been getting message after message of either clients or colleagues where their client load has significantly dropped off. Clients have left them. Their launches aren't working, et cetera, et cetera. And almost all of them... When I tap into their their guides, so be, you know, besides doing the business strategy stuff that I've done traditionally, I'm a psychic medium, so I'm also working with you know the other side of the veil to get advice. Every single one of them, the the advice was you need to rest. Your client load is being dried up on purpose 
because you're not actively choosing to rest. And so we're going to make you rest. Mm, That's so interesting. I love that. I love that. I don't know. I love the tough love in that. <laughs> Not nice for the people that um, aren't having the launches. You know, it's tough. It's tough love. I also think it takes the toxic, I hate to say toxic ma- masculinity because that's not really it, but our digital marketing space is so overdeveloped on the masculine. And mm. it really takes away this toxicity that you did something wrong. And so you need to do better, more different to have clients where when maybe what it is, is that you just need to do more for yourself. Yes. So good. So Patty, can you tell us how can we start to, what are some tools or exercises or tips to start to accept those parts? Well, let me back up. How you take us through an exercise in the module um, and, and maybe it's best just if this is resonating with you to take the course. But tell us if you can, if there's an easy way to describe how people can identify if indeed they are rejecting a part of themselves, how they can identify that. Well, actually, I'm going to go to an exercise right before that, that I think creates the awareness that creates the space to identify that if it's okay. It's not that I'm trying to hide parts of the course. I'm not a big person of like controlling my intellectual property, but I think you need to create the environment. So what we had done before that, Allison, was the complaining detox. Oh, yeah. That was hard for me. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the complaining detox creates the environment to actually access the me, not me parts. And I'll explain why. But think of this complaining detox, if you're listening, as if if you were going to go to a yoga class, it's going to be a completely different experience if like you're in the middle of a parking lot and a yoga instructor lets you like put your mat out and they're doing it outside versus you're in a nice warm yoga studio that's been saged and like really there's a lot of love in the room. So the complaining detox kind of creates the environment for you to have that deeper experience in the me, not me uh, stuff. So with a complaining detox, it is what it is. You just choose. You make the conscious choice to stop complaining. I recommend just do it for five days at first, but ideally you want to just have this ongoing relationship with it. What you're going to find, and then people say, well, but you know, bad stuff happens. What happens when I have a, a, an opinion about something negative that happens? You're allowed to have feelings and you're allowed to have opinions about what's going on for you. You just want to stay based in facts. And what that looks like is if you're in a room and in a coffee shop, let's say, and the guy in front of you says to the barista, like, you know, just barks his order at the barista and she brings it over and she's smiling and he like throws money at her and like complains that she doesn't do it fast enough is kind of just a jerk. Well, in your mind, you might go, oh, he's such a jerk. That's not the fact. The fact is, you know what? I just observe someone being mean to someone who really is trying really hard to be of service. And and my soul, that really hurts. My heart really hurts for that woman right now. So that's the difference between complaining and just observing the facts. So just understand you can observe things that you don't like and you can have a reaction to them. That's not part of the complaining detox. The complaining detox is about not dropping into this lazy reaction that's really produced by your ego to block you from feeling the feelings you're feeling. Because when you watch that person do that and you're like, oh, he's such a jerk, what you're really trying to do is just shove your feelings down and shut them off. And as you go through this, what you will find, or at least what most people find, is the person they complain about the the most is themselves. And when you start to see what you're complaining about, that is what's going to reveal your not me parts. Right. Interesting. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So good. And the other thing I'll say about the complaining detox, which is really such a great exercise, is that um, 
if you give it a shot and you fall off the wagon, like don't abandon effort. Just know that it's okay to, you know, we are creatures of habit. We are humans, right? And I think that was my problem. I started the complaining detox and then I would complain about something because it was my habit. And then I'd be like, oh, I just failed. (laughs) And then I sort of kind of was like, no, no, no. Like, okay, that was feedback. I was triggered and I complained. How can I do it? So I was a little bit lighter on myself as I went. Yes. Yeah. Um, I I don't think I make it through a day without complaining. (laughs) Like... I just, the habit is is so deeply ingrained. It's going to be years before I undo that groove in my brain. What you do want to do in the complaining detox is just bring consciousness to it. It's just yeah. don't allow it to be the toxic force that it is. Um, right. So, yeah. Sorry. I feel like I'm talking over you, Allison. I hate doing that. So I'm just so excited about this topic. <laughs> No, it's great. It's beautiful. You're not at all. I love it. I'm super excited about it too. And I, I just love the fact that I took the course and I feel like I'm I'm just like with you here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, oftentimes I interview people and I haven't taken all their stuff and it's just, it's great, but it's, this is even better actually. So, okay. That, doing that complaining detox and I love how you described it, like observe, like allow yourself to observe and, you know, feel the feels right? If you see someone being a jerk, instead of saying that guy's an a-hole, feel that that sadness that you feel. And maybe that a-hole guy had something really bad happen to him. (laughs) Maybe there's compassion we can feel for the a-hole, right? Right. And eventually you will when it becomes habitual. The other thing though, I caution people in, um, you know, we talk about this a lot in receiving school is you don't want to spiritually bypass what's happening for you. So you don't need to instantly go to this place of compassion for this person. Because a lot of times what happens for people who are what I call overgivers, which I think is just most women, um, and this course is open to men. So you soft-natured men out there, you're welcome as well. It's just I find women habitually overgive. Um, is that we want to ignore our emotions in favor of the right reaction. Yes. When you said that um, in the course, you used those words spiritually bypass. That was just like, that struck me hard because I was like, oh my gosh, I do that. And I didn't realize I did that. Yeah. That yeah. was deep for me. Yeah. It's 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 been a practice for me as well. I mean, spiritual bypassing, I was introduced to that concept in our like sort of our communities when we refer to it in terms of like basically spiritually bypassing social problems, you know, like um like prejudice, bigotry, like all these things are happening and trying to get to like the finish line before you're walking through all the pain. So as a society, we spiritually bypass things, you know, especially the spiritual community is more, it's more problematic in the spiritual community than it is outside of it. But where I think it makes sense to start with is where we spiritually bypass ourselves. Um, and, and just understand you're doing it because a lot of times when we find these spiritual teachings, whatever they are, you know, whether it's whether it's a law of attraction book, Abraham Hicks, you know, something more pop culture, or you've got some deep like roomy work going on, or, you know, um, Pima Chodron. And no matter what it is, a lot of times we find ourselves with those teachers because there's a wound that's asking to be healed. And, and that teacher meets that wound in some way. What, what we tend to want to do though in this achievement-based society is get to the finish line of being healed and without actually walking through the messy work of the healing. And mm-hmm. and that's really the nature of spiritual bypassing. Yes. Yes. So good. So good. So we identified that part of ourselves that we we have been rejecting. How can we start accepting those parts? Well, first is you do it one at a time. And Allison, I don't know if you remember, this is just coming back to me. Um, so there's guided meditations in the course that let you, you know, that guide you to these these visual experiences to help you like have a, a connected experience with those parts of yourself. But um, 
without access to those meditations, it's really just once you've connected, well, sorry, let me go back. And so Allison in the course, remember people were trying to like meet a lot of parts of themselves at once. Yes. yes. You don't want to do that, right? You know, like if you were thinking like of like, let's say there's people you want, you know, that you maybe grew up with that you rejected and now you want to build a relationship back with them. Let's you, you'd have to like kind of make this up in your mind. But if that was the case, you wouldn't try and build a relationship with all of them at once. That would be exhausting. You would just deal with one person and then the next and the next. So just figure out what the one is that feels most closest to the surface. And a lot of times for, you know, overly active spiritual entrepreneurs, it tends to be the lazy part of you right? Um, That was me. Yeah. It's for a lot of us because that's the one from the very beginning of our lives. We, you know, as light workers, you know, beings that came with the intention of our primary purpose to bring love to the world, we were so such highly sensitive children that we couldn't help but constantly take care of other people because that's just how we were built. And then we were reminded of how good we were for doing that. So, when we weren't doing that, when we were taking care of ourselves, even the slightest inkling that that was wrong, we we felt deep in our bones. So that's the one that runs the strongest. But the good thing is, it's the one that that needs to get through, especially if you're tired. So a lot of times that's the one you can access. Now, for some people, that wound may have been set when you were six, and then you'll see like almost a childlike version of yourself. That wound may have been set when you were a teenager, and you'll see more of a rebellious teen. So really, you just want to sit quietly. And and I'm just throwing out lazy, but whatever one's most alive for you, you want to call forth that part of you and say, you know, I'm here and I'm ready to listen. And just see what comes up. And the key is to not have a conversation with that part of you, but to just be in an active listening situation, meaning you're mostly listening, but if you're responding, it's just to tell that part of you what you've heard exactly as you've heard it and ask, do I have that right? Hmm. Um, I mean, it's basic, basic therapeutic technique, essentially. Yeah, super powerful. And as you just have a conversation, that part of you is going to start to tell you things. And most of them will actually be good stuff eventually. At first, she or he may be like, you suck. I hate you, whatever. But eventually, they're going to say, you need to take more time off. You need to do this. You need to do that. And that, once you get to that stage, then you can say, okay, can you help me figure this out? And also, then you can start to bring in the more active parts of you that you accept, like the the supervisor, the you know, the one who gets it all done. You can you can speak to that part and say, "We need to honor that it's time to schedule some time off. Where can we fit that in, and how can we make this happen?" And and it's this active engagement with that. And I think it's easier to do it inside the receiving school because you, you're with a whole community of people and then I'm there and I can kind of guide you through it and tell you how to do it. But again, what I just told you is it. There's no more magic to it than that. Yeah. Yeah. And you described this in the course and this is exactly what happened to me. I'd kind of shared in the course about this rejecting this lazy part. And I got a vision of me as like a 12 year old. Uh, and it was just a nice little 12 year, 12 year old version of me sitting on the couch playing Nintendo. But then once that I kind of did the work on that, I got to the next layer, which was a little bit more um, painful and difficult. And it was a part of myself that I rejected even deeper. And you had mentioned this might happen. And I'm just sharing if others experience this. Um, I was like this contorted monster. Like I, yeah. And and the first time that this monster presented itself, I was like almost afraid of it. It was like, whoa, like <laughs> I am really rejecting that thing. But I just kept, my experience was I just kept having this communion and the monster eventually morphed into a version of me. And eventually, I made peace with it. And I eventually actually integrated it, which was incredible. But I spent a lot of time with that. 
that monster. Yeah. <laughs> that turn. Yeah. I didn't, it didn't happen in one sitting. Right. It doesn't. Now, what I will say to all, to those of you listening is that when I, and Allison, you can correct me if you're, if I'm wrong, but I've done this work with a number of people. When we say it takes a lot of time, it's not that it take, you have to take time out, a lot of time out of your day. It's that you have to be present with that as you move through your day, meaning you need a period of time for this to activate. Um, it's not something where you go into a room and you do the exercise and it works and you're done. It's building a relationship. And um, I only say that because a lot of people ask like, how much time is this gonna take? And the reality is time away from your day, it doesn't take a lot. Active relationship with the activities is what takes time. Yes, well said. Absolutely, I have that experience, 100%. So I'm glad you said that. Yeah, because for me, you know, there's something I absolutely detest doing at this stage in my development. And one of the reasons it drives me crazy is because the amount of time it takes. And I know so many people love this activity, by the way. And if you're one of them, please don't be offended. It's just my personal experience is vision boards drive me crazy. (laughs) <laughs> and I think it's because they felt like they were such a should for the for so many years of me learning this work. And they just, you have to sit there and you got to pull up pictures and it takes so much time. So I just have a very different relationship with this work where I think it has to be very fluid and active and integrated into your life. Like if you have to like keep taking, you have to remove yourself from your life to get some progress going. I just think it it's too hard for most people. I totally agree. I totally agree. I love that. So what are some tips getting back to this sacred art of receiving and this, this, all this, what we were just talking about is so part of it as we discussed, what are some tips or daily practices entrepreneurs can implement to start receiving on a deeper, deeper level? First, they can take your course and they should. Yeah. And <laughs> that's and what that's else? wonderful. Well, you know, I do have a, a, a guide to receiving that we can give everyone. So I will, um, I'll send you over a link for that and you can put that in the show notes. Um, and that, you know, talks through five different techniques that you can incorporate that anyone, whether they have a business or not can incorporate because the receiving school isn't an entrepreneurial based program. Um, a lot of the people in it are entrepreneurs and it translates, um, especially into your sales, Um, but specific for entrepreneurs is, um, when, when you look at the sacred art of receiving, it is a wound healing process. And typically I'm going to focus on sales if that's okay, Allison. Yes. Perfect. Cause I think that's the big pain point for most entrepreneurs is how do I get more clients or how do I get more sales? There's three wounds that show up in the sales process. And so what I would tell you is, Figure out which one is most alive for you. It's possible all three are. And then um, I'm going to tell you what to do for each. So the first is, I feel like these are the wounds. Um, if, if If everyone is not okay, I can't be okay. Or if everyone's not happy, I can't be happy. So it's my job to fix things for everyone. The second wound is... Um, who am I? It's a worthiness or an enoughness wound. That's my biggest one. And then the third is, um, it's, you know, I'm good when I give and I'm bad when I receive. Now you might not have them at that extreme level, but everyone's got at least one of those going on. So if it's, you know, I'm good when I give and I'm bad when I receive, the thing, because that shows up right when you say the price of whatever you're selling. Um, where you have an emotional reaction to actually like saying that price. So what you do on that one is you just want to practice receiving outside of your business in any way, shape or form. You can start with just breathing in oxygen and really staying conscious that you're receiving that air. You can move on from there where you're at the grocery store and you ask for help getting your you know your groceries out to the car or you know anything that looks like receiving. So you just, Practice receiving at really low levels. That's the first thing on that wound. 
if you have the wound of, I need to, you know, take care of everyone because unless everyone's happy, I'm not happy. You want to practice at reminding yourself, and this is just a reminder, that your job as an entrepreneur is to create the space for your clients to find their own answers, not to fix it for them. And to really understand that when you fix it for them, you've kept them from learning their soul lesson. And so your most important work is to create an environment for them to heal themselves. Whether you're a business coach or a life coach or um, a wellness professional, a trainer, whatever it is, your job is not to fix it for them, not to jump in their bodies as much as you want to and get them to do all the things. It's to create an environment where they can heal because that's going to keep them, if you believe in reincarnation, from having to live out this life again because they learned right. the lesson this lifetime, they're going to have to the next yep. time. So you're actually, when you fix it for them, you're actually taking something away from them, not giving it to them. So that's the reminder there. And then the, it was really the second wound I talked about, which is worthiness. That one's a little tougher to work on. And so a really simple practice is to collect testimonials your clients give you and just read them in the morning or at night so that you have this constant reminder of how much goodness you're putting out into the world. Mm, I love that. That is so good. I, gosh, I've never heard of those three wounds before. And I think I used to have the wound of not enough, but now I think my wound switched to um, the the receiving wound. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I've, I basically have all three of them. I think most of us do, but some of them are like pretty well worked on and, and kind of doing okay. Right. Right. That is amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much. And really, truly, if I can give a testimonial for Patty, she's an amazing coach. She was my mentor. I've worked with her one-on-one and I really was called to take her class, the receiving school. I'm really excited that I get to take it again and again and again if she lets us, yeah. <laughs> if she decides she lets us um, or I'll purchase it again. And I really, if this if this content is resonating with you at all, if you're curious, um, definitely get her um her guide, sign up for one of her webinars, get on her mailing list, because this class is different and it is for everyone. And this podcast is for soul-guided women entrepreneurs. And I think that if that's you, this is a class, you know, I, it's, can I say it's required? It's required. It's like required learning for you as you want to grow as a spiritual being and as a business owner. I, you know what? I really feel like that. I would never say my class is required, but I would say this work is required and I haven't seen it offered anywhere else like this um, because it, it just shifts everything. I mean, the miracles we have seen in this class, in this course have just blown me away. And I won't, I really won't go into them because it just at this day and age in our digital marketing, it just sounds like a pitch. And I don't want you to feel like that. It would be disrespectful to the program. But um, uh, I, I, I promise you this program will, it will do things miraculous in your life um, if you fully participate. And um, just to answer your question or that you didn't really ask, Allison, you will always have lifetime access and this go around. So we'll be starting on April 6th and um, the link for um, and I'll give you a link for everyone um, who wants to sign up. If you're ready to sign up right now, there'll be a link in the show notes. Um, so it starts April 6th. It's going to be eight weeks long. That's a little bit different when we did it, Allison, because we're adding, we did six weeks. And what I found is people needed a couple of catch-up weeks. So we're adding a couple of catch-up weeks in the middle of it. It'll run for eight weeks. Um, and people often ask, like, how much time do you need? And I feel to watch the videos and do the exercises, you need about 30 minutes away from your life a week. And then everything else is integration exercises. Do you think that's a fair? 
That's super fair. And I've said this about you before, Patty. You're like the Ernest Hemingway of coaching. You have a way to take information that's super profound and complex and boil it down to the bite-sized chunks that you really need to get it. And you did it again in this course. So it was totally like I was super busy. I was moving to a foreign country when I took your course, but I was able to really consume the information because you presented it in such a good way for the busy entrepreneur. Um, and and it's it's like, and, and I should say, if you are the type of person who wants to take more time and consume more, that option is available to you as well. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So I'm available in the, in the programs group, in the Facebook group throughout, um, the entire program. I'm actively interacting. We have lots of live coaching time. So if you're the type that like, likes to binge watch things, believe me, there's lots of me and me and you in there that you can consume. Yes. And I also want to share not to go into details, but I'm just going to share that uh, we set an intention at the start of the course. I'm assuming you're still going to do that next time. Yeah. And I set a pretty lofty intention and that intention arrived to me right at the end of the course in an absolutely miraculous way. And this is not a pitch either. This is a sharing of like what Patty described happened to me. And I am, I'm, uh, so it was really extraordinary. And I want to thank you, Patty, for being the person who put this work in a way that we can all digest it and understand it and implement it. Well, thank you. Thank you, Allison. Um, well, thank you so much for having me here. And for you for listening, I just appreciate you being willing to, to hang out with us and, and absorb this and, and take it in. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And you can find Patty. All these links are going to be in the show notes, but I, her website is pattylennon.com and she's going to have links to the guide and the receiving school and get on her stuff. She is so generous with her freebies. Sign up to her stuff. And like I said, if you be like me, if this receiving school is calling you, just go ahead and sign up for it. That's what I did. You will not regret it. So if you're feeling called and are feeling ready to sign up to the receiving school, it's about to start up again soon. The class is full of just amazing wisdom. The way Patty organized the class is so clever because it really does fit into any schedule and you can take in as much or as little as your you know energetics are allowing and still guess what? Receive so much from it. You can find a link to sign up in the show notes and the link is allisonscammell.com forward slash EP18. That's allisonscammell.com forward slash EP18. As always, thank you so much for listening. And if you're loving this content as much as I hope you are, go ahead and hit subscribe wherever it is you listen. And as always... Until next time, let's grow there together.